This is the Pick of the Bunch by Basic Bananas, where we share the pick of the bunch when it comes to marketing, business, and people. Hi, and welcome back. Today, we are going to talk about feelings. And I am joined by the wonderful Alex Shea from The Change Room to talk about how we can navigate through these current times of uncertainty. So let's jump straight in. Hey, Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Francisca. So today is slightly a different episode. So obviously this show and Basic Nance is very much known for marketing, mentoring and our programs, which you are one of our tribe members, one of our, our members of the Clever Bunch. And today with you, I would love to talk about emotions. So guys who are listening in, this is going to be good for you too. We're talking about emotions. And the reason why is because, obviously because we are going through a little bit of a different time in our society with COVID, etc. And I can see in myself and others so many different emotions arise. And definitely a lot of our members, a lot of my friends are on roller coasters where one day everything is super amazing. The next day they're sitting in the car sobbing. So. <laughs> I don't even know where to start, but I'll let you start with well, how do we manage this? What, what are we meant to do? <laughs> well, I think just to kind of continue on what you said, Francisca, about um, the emotions and one day we feel this way and one day the other day due to COVID lockdown, I think it all comes down to it's really uncertain times. So if you're a business owner, you may currently have felt that, you know, you may be selling less of your products and you're wondering how you may be paying your employees and how you're going to pay the wages. And there is just so much uncertainty. And then, for example, if you are as a business owner, um, you also have children at the moment here in New South Wales. We as parents have been asked to do homeschooling. So then you've got one, two, three kids at home that you've got responsibility for to do the homeschooling. So there's so much uncertainty. And then our emotions start, can start taking over. And I think what the key is with emotions is instead of suppressing them and not allowing those emotions to come up, we just ride the wave in terms of we ride the wave of the emotion. And an emotion lasts about 90 seconds. And you just let you just ride that wave. You let it come up like it's usually like a wave. You acknowledge it. You go like, "Oh, I'm feeling this or that, whatever it is." Um, you know, fear or anger, and then you just let it pass, and then you continue. Sometimes what happens is when we feel those emotions, we start getting stuck also in our head with, oh, "Why do I feel this way? This has got to do with, um, you know." because I'm not a good, you know, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that. And then we get stuck in the stories that we tell ourselves. But if we just get out of the story and just let the emotion pass, acknowledge it and pass, we can stop whatever we're doing. Or if we have a conversation, we could stop the conversation, feel the feel and move on. What if somebody who is listening right now says, but sometimes I just get sad and then you know, obviously you find a reason why you're sad or you maybe don't even know why you're sad and it doesn't just last for 90 seconds even though 
-hmm. you're aware of that what what what's the recipe there well what could you do i think it always depends on the person so um when i work with someone obviously i do it more it will be more individually customized around that person and how they are but i would you know more generally speaking i would say what happens is our thoughts create our emotions so the simple advice I will give change your thoughts I mean I know this sounds really really simple it's not that easy um, but you could distract yourself I mean one what, what I do and what I often recommend is go and listen to a song if you're sad feel the sadness and then if you can't shake it off go and listen to a song that you really like you change your state or you you um, if you're sitting at your desk for example get up and walk around or get out of the house or just change your state by doing a different activity and not being caught up in that thought because you can start looping and then the thought will create the emotion and then the emotion and you feel the emotion and then you might not want to feel that emotion and then you suppress the emotion and it all kind of goes downhill from there it's very true and it's very interesting to watch as you become more aware of your emotions as you can definitely sit on this downward spiral sometimes and get on one emotion and then as you say that you think about it and then the thought reinforces the emotion then the emotion reinforces the thought and then it keeps getting stronger stronger until you actually snap out of it and you do what you say you get up maybe you have a bust out into a dance party on your own or you go outside or whatever you need to do or eat chocolate <laughs> yeah yeah it could be in particular swiss chocolate right in particular swiss chocolate very highly recommended and right now you can definitely see business owners most of our listeners are business owners are mm -hmm. on these roller coaster rides because of obviously going through this uncertainty you also you specialize in working with women in leadership positions and helping women in leadership positions emotionally mentally socially professionally physically potentially even what yeah. what else do you recommend to for people to walk through this time right now what other tips do you have for people so one tip is in particular with the thoughts you know how we just talked about how the thoughts can um they cause the feelings is to come think about the thought is the thought is it true um you know is what i'm thinking is it really true and then ask yourself often it is not true whatever it is for example um i'm not good at managing money I, you know just as a you know as a thought well and then you can ask yourself well is that true and if you conclude yes I'm not good at managing money okay what can I do about that can I ask someone to help me can I check with my accountant can I do a course whatever it is but often we have thoughts that are it's just a it's a thought you know your brain is there produces all these thoughts but not every thought is the ultimate and absolute truth so we need to question what we're thinking because if we accept all of our thoughts as the ultimate truth um, I mean and you know Francisca I mean I can still talk about myself if you probably put all my thoughts on a loudspeaker and everyone else would be listening to all my thoughts I probably would think that I'm maybe not you know <laughs> not, not. <laughs> a little bit crazy in the head <laughs> a little bit crazy in the head or this lorikeet that sits on the shoulder and just goes like whatever it is that's just what happens without what what our brain does and we just again with thoughts as well we just let them pass but if we give meaning to it a positive or a negative meaning to it then that causes all the emotions that follow the thought yeah and something else that you mentioned here is you said 
is it the truth or is it not the truth? And something else you mentioned when we spoke previously is about how there are so many social constructs and conditioning that we grow up with that also make us go a certain direction, whether that is in business or professionally, but let's say in business, working harder, etc. Do you want to talk a little bit to that? Because that is someone else's truth that we sometimes live until we suddenly realize, what have I been doing all these years? Why am I running yes. a business that I hate? Or why am I working crazy hours without ever enjoying myself or spending time with my family? Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk to that a little bit? Because you have been in those shoes yourself, I believe. Yes. Oh, yes, I have been in those shoes as well, which we can also talk about. So what it is, you can imagine when you grow up, you know, you're born, you're, you're, you know, you're a baby. There is no, there is no thoughts going through your mind. And, you know, with babies and when you grow up, your brain obviously needs to learn all the rules, as in the rules, how do you behave, how do I walk, how do I speak, how do I start eating. Anyway, so the brain is there to learn basically how to survive. And as part of this development, what happens is you need to imagine that the brain or the mind is like an open source code. Everyone can put a code in there. It's just open. Everyone can, you know, continue the program. And so what happens when we grow up is that, you know, people, mostly often parents, but, you know, um, is they kind of teach you how subconsciously more often how to live a life. And it could be, let's say you are a, a you know, a boy and you've got a father and the father will kind of tell you all the time, you know, you've got to work really, really hard. There is no free lunch in life. You've got to work really hard and long hours and um, whatever that that social or the social conditioning and programming is, you just take this on as a, as a child. So, you know, the, the code goes into your brain and you grow up with that and then you continue living those values that your parents or the, your, you know, also your friends have implanted in you. However, those values, or let's just call it the, the code, might not always serve you or might actually not be something that you really agree with because it's just like Velcro. It attaches to you. You have taken it all on, but you have not questioned whether it's actually something you really believe in. And a lot, a lot of people have, there is this blueprint, and I'm going to be very stereotypical now, but the blueprint kind of is at the moment it's changing. You grow up, boy, girl, doesn't matter, woman, guy, at some point you start dating, you know, you, you know, date different people, you, at some point, you might getting, you pop the question, or she pops the question, you get engaged, you get married, you have children, you buy a house, you save money, maybe you've got an investment property, you run a business, whatever it is, it's just, it's a blueprint that has been there for quite some time and it's a blueprint that has been created by society. But this blueprint doesn't suit everyone. Yeah. And then some people might have a, guys or women might have a midlife crisis because they have this conflict of they're living a life that everyone else is living but they feel like, oh, but I'm not really happy with that or, or I'm earning lots of money as a business owner but I don't really enjoy what I'm doing. And then the question, and you feel that something is wrong with you, but nothing's wrong with you. It's just that maybe what you are doing or this blueprint you're living is just not who you truly want to be. So there we can start questioning whether what is it, what you're doing, does that really make you 
for example, happy or does that satisfy you? Um, and then through coaching, and that's what I do, you find out what is actually really important to you. What are your values? And sometimes people realize that they have had a voice in their head that it's not theirs, it's someone else's. And they realize and can make that distinction. Yeah, this is so interesting. And especially right now, so we, we all have social contracts or also blueprints that we follow because of our how we grew up you know like me growing up in switzerland it was mm. always definitely one of my blueprints is that i just work a little bit harder than anyone else <laughs> and, <laughs> and i will get ahead which has obviously helped massively i'm not complaining about that right now also some of our blueprints are being shaken up in regards to how we work you know yes. we're working from home and we're surrounded by family and homeschooling children and the blueprint is being shaken up so it is, is do you think it's even a good time to question a little bit everything i think that's kind of what, what's happening at the moment you know uh, when i worked when i was in corporate um it was expected you know everyone you go i mean i live in the northern beaches in sydney you know you catch the ferry or the fast ferry, you go to work you you squished in with i don't know 200 other people we're all having the same rhythm you go to work you go into an office with 6,000 other people, you know, depending on the office, obviously. And then in the evening, you do the whole thing back home. But I could work from home. So I did actually work one day from home and I really enjoyed it because I was much more efficient working from home. In my, you know, that worked really well for me because no one interrupted me. I didn't have all these people coming past my desk and asking me for advice or whatever it was that I, I had to do, or, or let's go and have a quick meeting, or let's go and grab a coffee, whatever it was. Um, and I think now that we had to work from home, people, people and companies are realizing, hmm, it's actually a model that does work. Absolutely, and, and yeah. And often I think what companies and some managers might have thought is, oh, I don't trust my people to do work. But it's like, well, if you don't trust them to do that, I mean, they might also not do work when they're in the office. They might just be not as productive either so for me it is you trust ideally i mean not ideal i think you need to trust your people if you don't trust them how will you trust them that they can do a good job i mean what's the point of of, of doing it at all yeah i think you need to give people the right frameworks so that they can perform so you don't want to yes. set them up for failure no absolutely <laughs> so, yes yeah so you give them the right framework so that they can succeed and you know what I have found is that some people love working from home and then some people just really don't like it. Mm -hmm. And it's also about for obviously our team members to be honest about that. And if they don't like it, they obviously can come into the office again now as restrictions are loosening up or work from a coffee shop or obviously extroverts, they often don't like working alone from home. And then introverts without labeling too much really enjoy i really enjoy working from home same as you i get so much more work done than when i'm at our headquarters here where people are buzzing around and you know i always say everyone is so distracting whereas i'm probably the one that is the most distracting to everyone else <laughs> and then i think that i'm being distracted when i'm the distractor and you know the other thing because things are being shaken up so much in terms of how we work how we live even how we purchase now more online purchasing, e-commerce is booming. Also a lot of our Clever Bunch members, a lot of your peers are shaking up their businesses by doing spring cleans. So right now we are in autumn in Sydney, but I feel like a lot of people are doing spring cleaning in terms of 
having the right people on board. So the ones that don't want to work in this way or can't be trusted, they need to move on. Yes, exactly. And a lot of, his, a lot of it is, is, is being shaken up. Do you feel yeah. like that has been happening also for you and your, your clients too? Yes, it has. And also I think through this process, you kind of also you can realize that um, what's working well for you. I think the, ideally for any is it leader or business owner is to work out having this self-awareness. What does work for me? What is it that I need so I can perform? And, you know, some simple things like some people perform really well early in the morning. You know, they get up and they're really, you know, they're gung-ho. They do their best work, I don't know, at 6 a.m. in the morning depending on, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. However, again, the blueprint is like, well, businesses are open from 9 to 5. This is how, or 9 to 5, 30. This is how everyone operates. And it's like you have to push everyone through this blueprint or how what it's expected of society. But if you are more self-aware, you can change this model. And I think this is what's happening at the moment where people, for example, have to homeschool and school is from 9, mostly I think from 9 to 3, depending on where you go to school. And if you're a parent who also has a business and you need to look after your kid, you might have to change that a little bit. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think in terms of business model, I agree. I have noticed that I always had this belief that I had to have an office and in this office I see my clients. And yes, I can, yes, absolutely. Face-to-face um, -face coaching is amazing, but it can also be done online via Zoom. You know, like I feel like I'm sitting with you at the kitchen table. It's no... Yes, I'm looking into a screen, but when we're deep into the conversation, I don't see the screen. I just see you and, you know, I, I feel connected to you and I feel like, you know, we're in the same room. Yeah, and you have, I mean, you, we at Society have seen that happen more and more. Even with teams, a lot of our members also and your peers have said that their teams are almost stronger now than before because they are actually talking more via mm -hmm. Zoom. Whereas before we were together in an office, but maybe we weren't as connected as we are now in cert to a certain extent. Something I'd love to switch to now, because I know that that's some part of your expertise too, and will help our listeners, is talking a little bit about accountability and productivity. You have some really good tips. I know that you, you mentioned to, I think, Brie, you spoke to Brie, one of my team members, about how you know part of your accountability is coming to the Clever Bunch every month because it gives you a deadline, which is a really good thing. <laughs> yeah, yes, I love it. I think for me, this is something that really works well to have an accountability group. And in my case, it is the Clever Bunch. Um, I get to go well, once a month. I'm spending three hours on my marketing, but I also commit to actions. And then I publicly... Well, advertise, I mean, advertise, I publicly say, this is what I'm going to be doing. And then the next month, I need to talk about my wins and what I have done. And this is something that has worked really well for me because if I have, to, if I don't do what I say, then I need to fess up and kind of say, well, I haven't done it. And then someone might then say, well, why didn't you do it? And there may be really valid reasons, but often I would find the, my reasons would be often they would just would be excuses, you know, oh, I don't know, the cat was on the roof. Or I don't know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the cat ate my homework. <laughs> yeah, exactly, or whatever it is. And then um, it's embarrassing to say that. And so for me, that works well because the embarrassment of fessing up and saying, oh, I didn't do what I said I'm going to do is worse than actually doing the, the task. 
Yeah, I love that. Do you have any other accountability, productivity tips? I believe you had some that you wanted to share with our listeners. Yes, there was one, another one which I thought, um, you know, you may have heard of it. It's called the Pomodoro Technique. Yeah, I have love you heard it. of this? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Share it. I love it. I use it all the time. I <laughs> oh, use it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was an Italian, an Italian, um, I think a management consulting person who um, came up with this um, tool and his name is actually Francesco, very similar to yours as in Francisca. And yes. um, so it's a productivity tool. And the, and what he did is when he was at university and to manage all his work, he had this timer that looked like a Pomodoro in Italian means tomato. So he had this timer that looked like a tomato and would set a task for himself to do, and this is what we can do, to 25 minutes. So he would work out, okay, what do I need to do next? Oh, I need to write, let's say, I need to write another two pages um, of this business proposal or whatever it is. And then you set the timer to 25 minutes. And then you work solely on the business proposal or the emails or whatever task you set yourself to do and you work for 25 minutes and then the timer goes off and then either you have a little break tick tick it off that you've done that and set another 25 minutes to do work and what I sometimes actually recommend to people just start off with five minutes not like you can do 25 of course because some what, what happens is it's like a chemical reaction when you mix different liquids or when you need to get a chemical reaction the activation energy is so much greater and bigger than actually than this pro the chemical process that happens and it's the same with a task just just starting it and getting into it requires a lot of activation energy but then once you're in it it kind of flows yeah it's a very effective method and it is the guy and some researchers with this guy francesco found that it's because and this might have changed again this research because this Pomodoro has been around for a while, he found that people generally at the human brain can focus for around 25 minutes without being distracted. Now that might be shorter because our attention spans may be yeah. shorter. And I definitely find this method. What I do is I don't use a kitchen timer because I don't have one. I have my phone. I put yeah, my phone on. <laughs> so I put my phone on airplane and then I just use the timer on my, on my phone, on the clock. Uh, for 25 minutes, I do, sometimes I do even longer if I feel I can super focus and you can get so much work done without looking at your notifications or emails or Slack channels or anything like that. In those 25 minutes of pure focus, you can get so much work done. And you may know the stats here, but when you are in the middle of a task and you, can, you get interrupted by someone, that's why working from home can be quite good unless obviously you are interrupted at home a lot. It can take you up to 15, 20 minutes to get back into the task yes. after being interrupted. It's this whole changing the gears. We're not suited for that. Um, so, and as you said, you know, when you get into a task, it's just, uh, sorry, the other, sorry, getting into a task, but what I wanted to say is the other kind of like a technique. And this has been long standing. It's something called eat, eat that frog. So if you've got, <laughs> so if you've got, a couple of things that you need to get done today. Um, you just do the hardest task first. You do the first thing in the morning and then you can reward yourself after that with a coffee or another coffee, whatever it is. But once you've done your hardest task or eating that frog, <laughs> not physically, but metaphorically, 
it often elevates you. It often goes like, wow, I've done this really difficult thing. It actually took me less long than I thought. It wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. And then you got that out of the way. This big, terrible rock is out of your way. And often it gives you kind of more energy to do more stuff for the rest of the day. But you know you've done the hardest thing versus oh, I don't want to really do that. And you keep pushing it out, pushing it out. And then it's like, I don't know, five o'clock and you go like, oh, I'm too tired to do this. Oh, I don't want to do that or whatever. You just don't find the energy. But doing it first thing in the morning sets you up for the rest of the day. Yeah. And there's a book actually called Eat That Frog written by, I believe, Brian Tracy, where he talks about this in, in detail, which again is such a great strategy. Do the, the hardest part first. Or as he said earlier, find out what your body clock is like. Are you a morning person or evening person? Exactly. And then you may do you may adjust your work depending on your body. So if you're a morning mm -hmm. person, you might eat the frog in the morning. If you're if it takes you three hours to actually be functional in your head, you might eat the frog at lunch, <laughs> depending on yeah. how you <laughs> operate. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That Correct. is very true. Are there any final thoughts that you would love to share with our listeners? Uh, or what is one piece of advice that you would love to share? I think, you know, we started off with the, emo with the emotions and just maybe kind of making that, that bow back to that or go back to how we started is, you know, emotions are very contagious. So what I do, um, and this is something I've learned through all the training that I had, is um, when some, someone does something and you, it really irritates you, it's just to think that, is that they had a good intention behind that and instead of going straight into judging or going oh they're just trying to annoy me or something just detach yourself and kind of usually they you know no one thinks about you as much as you do about yourself do you know what I mean? no one is spending so much time thinking about you than you think they are so what my tip is um just you know if someone does something don't think it's about you. It's something more about them. And also that emotions are contagious. So we've got more, if we experience more negative emotions, the, the room or the people around us are more likely to catch that emotion. So by managing your emotions through, for example, breathing, you can actually, you know, manage that. And you can manage your state, therefore you manage the state of others as well. I love that. And it's such great wisdom to finish up on when something misfortunate happens to you or somebody is, is in a certain emotional state that is affecting you, thinking about that this person is doing the best that they can. And also, what is the price that you're paying by mm -hmm. feeling affected by someone else's emotion? The price is generally very high because you then yes. don't operate from a place of positivity anymore. And what you also say is, these emotions actually have ripple effects. So you may, somebody might affect you and then you let it affect you and then you go home and then it affects your family, your friends, whoever you're spending time yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alex, again for sharing your wisdom. It's Thank always you, a pleasure. Thank you, for your time. <laughs> it's a super pleasure to have you here. And for our Thank listeners, you. we will also share the link to Alex's business, The Change Room, so you can take a look at that too. And of course, as always, we absolutely love having you here and we can't wait to share more behind the scenes from different business owners we had someone in the retail space now we had somebody in the coaching consulting leadership space and we'll bring more goodies to you as we go along so thanks again for listening in too well thank you thank you for having me 
To get more from Basic Bananas and to learn new ways to grow your business with clever marketing, visit basicbananas.com.